1: What a great sense of God in the house. Who's ready for God to do something this morning? What was it called? Wunderland. My dad's favourite phrase when everything went well was wunderbar. He brought me back to my childhood. I was ready to eat some sauerkraut. Come on, we're going to pray this morning. Come on, who knows that God's Word is alive and active? So we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank You for Your presence today. Come on, lift your hands right now. Lord Jesus God, is a sign of openness. God, today we lift our hands to You. God, we're ready to receive from You this morning. We thank You, God, that Your Word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that You'd make us sharper. God, that You'd get rid of some of those unproductive bits, those, un, those bits that are just not working. We pray, Holy Spirit, sharpen us today in Your wonderful Name. And all God's people say, Amen, amen. When he grabbed his seats, turn the person next to you. Say, so you look fantastic today. Coming out of a Melbourne mentor, I didn't realise what the sun looked like until the moment I walked into Perth. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, what a great sense of God in the house today. What a great sense of faith. Who loves your worship team? So phenomenal. Started writing down some of those, trying to shazamming some of those songs because they were, haven't heard them before, they were fantastic. I want to talk to you this morning about victory. Everyone say the word after me, victory. victory. Unconventional victories. The reality is this, is that we serve an unconventional God. The Bible speaks about God doing things differently than us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are different to our thoughts. It's amazing in my own life, whenever I've seen God do something significant, it's never been the normal way forward. God is always wanting to do something different in our lives. You know, my parents actually got saved in a Billy Graham crusade back in 1969. And uh, my mum was pregnant with me as they came forward. She was six months pregnant and they gave their lives to Jesus. My dad was a bad man before he got saved. He was violent. He was on drugs. He was an alcoholic. You think of everything that was worse, that exactly was my dad. My dad was the type of guy that if you were driving in a car and you happened to glance his way, he'd ram you off the side of the road, take you out and give you a good beating. And yet on that day at the Melbourne MCG, when he came and gave his life to Jesus, everything shifted and everything changed. We grew up in in, in a mainline church. It was a church that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a good church, but it actually didn't believe in the power of God. Come on, praise the Lord that we serve a God who wants to operate in His power today in our lives. And so the pastor used to preach against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And growing up, I really didn't understand the power and the presence of God in that dimension. Until one day, God actually baptised him in the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that he preached against was the very thing that God did in his life. And so the next morning he gets up on Sunday, he goes, listen, church, I've been preaching against the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I don't know what happened last night, but I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the very thing that I've been preaching against is the very thing that God has been doing in my life. And the power of God is real. And it literally ripped through that whole church. And I just began to think about how God has operated supernaturally in my life and many of our lives here today. God surprises us. God doesn't do it in our time frame. God does it in his own agenda. And so it's good for us to understand the way that God brings victory in our lives. You know, maybe today you're dealing with a Goliath. Maybe today you're dealing with something that you are wrestling with on the inside. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And whether there are challenges on the outside or whether there are challenges on the inside, today God wants to bring victory in your life. It's not the promise of God that you and I would carry burdens. It's not the promise of God that you and I would live in defeat, but we can believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that lives in you and I and we can believe for breakthrough this morning. If you believe it, say Amen. amen. So I wanna to talk to you about victory this morning. There's many different ways that we can talk about victory. If you have a look at the Old Testament, there's many different examples, but I wanna take the classic one out of David and Goliath and it's the victory that David had over this monstrous beast. And I want to have a look at this moment in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 to 50, on the moment that David defeated Goliath. And I think there are some things that we can learn on the way that God brings victory into our lives. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 says this. It says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And so, David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck the Philistine and killed him. I want you to look what the Bible says in verse 50. It makes this powerful phrase. It says, without a sword in his hand. You see, the Bible makes this distinction, this strong distinction that David did it differently. God had a different path for David. God had different tools for David. God had different ideas for David. David was not the normal warrior, David was not the most conventional choice. Even his own father didn't acknowledge him and his brothers wrote him off. And if you think about the culture of that day was that everyone had a sword. I mean, Goliath had a sword. The Philistines had a sword. The Israelites had a sword. The lady down the road had a sword. Newborn babies were given swords. (laughs) The sword was the normal method for victory. It was the normal tools that people used. They were trained for many years with swords. And yet God had a different plan for David. God had different ideas for David. He raised David in a different background with a slingshot. And in that plan, it was not conventional. It was not normal. It was not expected. But that was the way that God worked in David's life. And church, that's the way that God works in our lives. It's not normal, it's not expected. God wants to surprise us with victory. God wants to bless us with unconventional ways in the way that He brings breakthrough and victory in our lives. It is interesting that this battle was a battle that set David up for the rest of his life. Can I say this to you today? Maybe the battle that you're going in right now, I feel this prophetically. Maybe right now there's a Goliath that you're facing That it's not just another Goliath. It's not just another going around the same mountain. Just maybe this Goliath and this challenge will set you up for the rest of your life because God is with you. The story of David and Goliath. And I wanna talk to you about three unconventional ways that God brings victory into our lives. The first one is this, that when it comes to God, often we realise is that the battle is over even before it has begun. See, the Bible says that he didn't have a sword. He had a slingshot. But in reality, he probably didn't even need a slingshot. I mean, David could have pulled out anything to defeat Goliath. He could have been like a Jason Bourne, pulling out a piece of paper and cutting Goliath with a piece of paper, a thousand cuts. It didn't matter what David had in his hand. Because the reality was this, God was with Him. See, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Many times we always look into what we don't have or what we do have without realising that when you have a revelation that God is with you, it doesn't matter what is in your hand, God will give you the victory. You want to have another example of this and you have a look at the Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Joshua chapter six and verse one. It's another great victory in the Word of God. It says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered, notice past tense. I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. I want you to notice that God says this to Joshua, not after the battle, but before the battle. If I was Joshua, I would have gone, have I missed something? Is there something that's happened while I was asleep? But God was saying to Joshua that it is a foregone conclusion that God has already done the heavy lifting. He has already done the fighting. You just need to sit back and see the breakthrough that God was going to give Joshua. What Jesus Christ did on the cross for us 2000 years ago the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, church, there are some things that God has done the heavy lifting at the cross of Jesus. And we don't need to carry burdens and we don't need to carry the pressures. We don't need to feel like we are wrestling with this life because God has already given us the breakthrough. I think many times in life, we often think that we are the ones that bring breakthrough and we are the ones that got to bring leadership and we are the ones that got to make this thing happen. God taught me this many, many years ago when I first came to our church at Faith in Melbourne. It's a missions church. We probably give close to three quarters of a million dollars a year to missions right across the globe. One of the areas that we've been sowing into for many years is the great nation of China. And when I first started, I got a phone call about some of the underground Chinese churches that are wanting to have some Australian influence and teaching them how to lead and praise and worship and kind of take their worshiping experience to the next level. And so through a series of events, they asked us to come down and and to minister to them. And uh, I got a call from one of the local missionaries that was on the ground. And he said, hey, listen, I've made contact with some of the underground pastors and they run an underground music school. That's about three hours out of Shanghai. And some of these underground worship leaders that come from all over China, they come together in this worship school. And it was a school that they'd set up in an old abandoned building. It was like an old hotel and at the very 10th floor at the highest level. When no one else was around, they would set up their praise and worship and their their PA system and they would spend a week just worshipping God and sharpening their schools and they asked us to come. And I began to strategize and think about it. And I talked to the missionary and we planned this and we planned that. We thought what a great idea and we could do this and we could do that. Anyway, we arrived and they put us on a bus and they took us out to this undisclosed location. We arrived at this kind of abandoned building in the middle of nowhere. We get up to the top level and they introduce us to some of the underground church leaders and some of their uh, worship people. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience. The presence of God was so powerful. I preach on the first meeting and we have an altar call and people are getting touched and people are getting healed. And at the end of the meeting, as I'm sitting around all the students and we're eating, one of them comes up to me and she said, I've seen you before. I said, I've never seen you in my life. I've never been here before. She goes, about six months, 12 months ago, I saw you in my dreams. And God named who you'd be. I had a picture of you. And I saw that this is what you'd be doing. She actually wrote it down. I've still got the piece of paper and she goes, you think this has been, you're here by your design, but you are here by God's design. You think that you've brought leadership to this, but without even realising God has brought you to this place. See, many times in our life, the battle's over before it's already begun. We think it's about our energy, our effort, our skill, our maturity, all the things that we have to do without actually realising that God's leadership over our lives is bigger and more powerful than the leadership that we actually bring ourselves. And maybe this morning you feel out of sorts. Maybe this morning you just feel out of your depth. Maybe this morning you just feel that you are completely out of control. Can I say this today? Beyond your leadership, there is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And there are victories that God is going to bring into your world. Not because you and I are anything special, but because of the power of the Lord Jesus in our lives. The battle is over even before it's begun. The second unconventional thought is simply this, is that David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, David shouldn't have even been there. I mean, his brothers attest to that. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28 to 29, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him. And he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You've only come down to watch the battle. Verse 29, now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? Come on, if you're a parent here and you've got more than one kid, who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> Typical sibling rivalry. You know, my kids are older now. My youngest is 18. I've got a 22-year-old and I've got a 25-year-old. It's a bit nervous there, trying to make sure I've got my kids' ages right. <laughs> Franka was looking at me, nodding or shaking her head. We're two boys, right, and One girl. my kids don't watch this they're going to be really upset <laughs> driving in the car to church many times when my kids were younger five or six years old they're in the back seat, we're in the front we're driving to church we're the senior pastor which means our, our kids and our whole household has to be holy and righteous <laughs> we're driving along next minute he touched me she touched me, he looked at me, he pulled my hair she pulled my hair It's like World War III happening in our car. But the moment we land in church, we get out, hey, praise God, hallelujah. (laughs) There's something like that going on here. He shouldn't have been there. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And yet he was there in God's time. And it didn't matter what people said. It didn't matter how it was perceived. And there's this idea here in the New Testament, not just in David's time, but in many other examples that David seemed to land in this place. He woke up that morning, he had no agenda of being a giant killer. But through circumstances and situations where God had brought in his life, he landed in this place. And even though his brother said, you shouldn't be here, he was in the perfect timing of God. Can you believe in some of the Goliaths that you're facing right now? That God is leading you and guiding you. Can you believe in some of the challenges that you're facing today? That it's not just up to your now and the things that you've got to work out, but God will actually lead you into a place of breakthrough. Psalm 105 verse 42 to 45. Says this about Israel: "says for he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his peoples with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what the others had toiled for." Church, I love that passage. What others had worked so hard for, God's people just fell into the promise of God. They fell into the purpose of God. They just fell into what God had for, there's this idea with David that he just falls into God's plan and God's purpose for David's life. You have a look at the Apostle Paul, one of the phrases that Paul often uses when he opens up one of his letters, he says, Paul, an apostle by the will of God. By the will of God. See, Paul recognised and understood that it was the will of God that was governing the Apostle Paul's life. But when you look at Paul's conversion, that was so supernatural and so powerful, the reality was this, Paul wasn't looking for the will of God. Paul was actually looking in the opposite direction. He says that he was passionate about the traditions of his forefathers. He wasn't interested in the new wineskin that God was bringing on the earth today. And even though Paul was looking in the wrong direction, it was the will of God that found the Apostle Paul. Listen, church, can you believe this morning that no matter what direction you're looking for, you can believe that the will of God can find you, the purpose of God can find you in the right place, in the right season, at the right time. Sometimes I'm a little bit like that. Always looking in the wrong direction, just getting it wrong. Not perceiving, stumbling around, trying to work out where the will of God is. But I'm confident beyond my bumbling and my stumbling that the will of God can find me. It's one of the reasons why I didn't have many girlfriends growing up. I could never read the signs. Girl would walk past and flick her hair. I go, there's something wrong with your neck. Girls would wink at me. I said, There's something wrong with your eye. In my bumbling and my stumbling, I found the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. Aww. I had to redeem myself from the kids before. Can you believe that you fall into the purpose and the plan of God? The third one is this very quickly David was the wrong man. He just was the wrong man for the job, really compared to what Goliath was, compared to what King Saul was looking for, compared to what his brothers were looking for, compared to what even his dad was looking for. David was the wrong man. So he goes out in a battle and look what they try to put on him. Psalms, Samuel, 1 Samuel 17 verse 38. They Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head, but David fastened on his sword over the tunic. He tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Church, the reality was this is that David didn't fit. He didn't fit the mould. He didn't fit the battle. He didn't even fit the clothing that was given to him. And rather than conforming, rather than conforming, he said, I can't go in these because I'm just not used to them. If we spent less time trying to fit in and more time just being obedient to the voice of God. It's amazing what God will do in our lives. The reality is many times when we want victory, we often feel like we don't fit. I remember growing up in an ethnic home, just never really felt like a fit. Going to an Aussie school, had German heritage. My very first day in in primary school, when I was at the age of five or six, my mum dressed me up in traditional German leather pants. Kids used to pay me out. Hey, Hinesy, come over here and shammy my car. You'll get it in a minute. Even my lunchbox didn't smell like the normal Australian lunchbox. I remember going to Bible college. Because I felt the call of God, but I was shy and I was quiet and I, I was so insecure and I finished my years of Bible college. And as I came at the Bible college principal came to me and he said, hey, what do you want to do with your life? I said, oh, I want to go in the ministry. He said, oh, we don't think you've got the personality for that. We don't think there's a call of God in your life. I don't say that with a sense of discouragement. I just recognise that moments of significance in my life, I just never felt that I fit. And that was OK because I, maybe I didn't fit with man's plans but I fitted with the plan of God for my life. I want the musicians to come. I mean, when I first took, took over the Young Adults of Paradise many, many, many years ago, I was invited to do my first youth camp and, or young adult camp. And one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons why I love Perth is because it was the first probably ministry trip that I went on. And it was for one of the churches here and they'd asked me to come and they heard I'd just taken over the young adults. And so they wanted me to come and minister to the young adults. And I was freaking out. Frank and I were just, you know, not that far into our marriage and that we had Alessandra, had a baby girl. And so life was kind of all over the place for us. We got invited to do this this young adult camp and this church had often invited big name speakers, Christine Kane, Benny Press, a whole bunch of people. And they decided to invite us. And I'll be honest, I was freaking out. I just didn't feel like I fit. Didn't feel like I fit of being a, a speaker. Didn't feel like I fit in terms of what I was doing. So I began to fast and pray and say, Holy Spirit, you've got to help me. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He can help us in our times when we feel we don't fit. God said to me, I want you to go on a 40 day fast and I want you to desire the gifts of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says, I wish you'd all prophesy. Come on church, we've got to start to raise the gifts of the Spirit in our meetings, Amen this far. I said, God, I want, I want to move in the gift of prophecy. I may not be able to speak well and I may not feel like I fit in the pulpit, but God, I want to move in the gift of prophecy. And around it was about the 30th day for the Holy Spirit, so I've given it to you. I want you to go after it. And when you get to this particular church and in their meeting, he goes, I want you to begin to prophesy. Yes. Ready. And I just thought, you know, God, if you could help me out by giving me some worship of people, even before I get there, it's just going to make my life a lot easier. He said, I'm not going to speak to you until you actually get there. We got off the plane and we kind of went straight into the first meeting and there was about seven, 800 young adults in the room. And as soon as I walked in, I was freaking out. I thought, oh, my Lord. I said, Holy Spirit, give me a word. He said, not yet. You've got to trust me. He said, show me someone that I can prophesy over. He said, I'll tell you in a few moments time. Praise and worship started and people worshipping, and they got to the end. And after the offering, they said, will you we please welcome Pastor Matt Heinz up? And I get up so Great to see you today, church. And in my head, I'm going, God, give me a word. Give me a word for someone. He said, all right, I'll give you a word now. I said, what is it? He said, I won't tell you yet. But he said, there's a girl in the back there. I want you to pull her out, bring her out the front. I said, tell me what the word is. He said, I'll tell you when she gets out the front. So all the way in the back of the auditorium, I said, hey, there's a girl in the back there. I want you to come out the front. She's looking around. I said, yes, you. She comes out the front, stands there in the front looking around I said can I pray for you, I said, okay. you know, she felt a bit out of place I put my hand on her head and I said God what's the word and God said I want you to tell her that I love her I'll be honest I'll be honest I expected more I mean 30 days of prayer and fasting like all I get is I love you. <laughs> what do you don't need to go for 120 days to work something else out? I said, surely God, you can give me the name of people in her life. Surely you can tell me what she had for breakfast that morning. Give me something that will blow her mind. And God said, I just want you to be obedient. Just be obedient. So I said, God says He loves you. Okay, you can sit down. I went on preaching. I'll be honest I thought the whole meeting was flat I went I've fasted and prayed I've sought God and all I get is that I thought you know what I don't know what's going on get to the end of the meeting But right, her friend comes up she goes that was amazing I go really? I said this in the first service gee the bar's pretty low and not easy to jump and she said that's my unsafe friend. First time in church. During the praise and worship, whispered in my ear and said, if your God is really real, I want to hear his voice to tell me that he loves me. I went, yes. I said to Frank, you see that I am a better not whether we fit or whether we don't fit. It's not whether we get all the timing right. It's whether we trust God with our future. It's whether we are close to Jesus and whether we have a revelation that God is the one that can break through and victory in our lives. I want to pray for people this morning. I want you to stand to your feet. Before I handbag, I just believe the Holy Spirit is stirring people's faith today. It's really... The main reason why I'm here today, I want you to stir your faith today. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Today, maybe you are facing a Goliath. Today, maybe you are facing a challenge. Maybe on the inside, there are some Goliaths that are going on. There's a wrestle going on. Maybe on the outside, there are some significant things that you are dealing with right now. I've come to give you good news this morning. You are not on your own. The God of heaven is with you today. And today, God wants to give you a revelation that He's with you. His power is with you. His anointing was with you. And today, right now, if you're facing something, I just want you to begin to lift your hands to heaven today. I'm gonna pray for you today. Well, there are people all over this place today. There are some people right now and you can't really work out what this season is. You don't know whether to go forward or go backwards. And God is saying to you today, I want you to trust me. I'm gonna lead you. I'm gonna guide you in this season there are other people here today, you just never felt that you fitted. You just always felt that you were always out of place. And maybe you're out of place in man's plans, but can I say this this morning? You are right in the place where God wants you to be. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, for every hand that is raised. God, for every person, God, that is facing a challenge in a Goliath. I pray in Jesus' name, Spirit of God, that you would come right now. God, that you'd bring breakthrough today. God, I pray that you bring clarity today. Holy Spirit, I pray as we walk down certain roads, God, I pray that You would make Your purpose and Your ways known so powerful to us, Holy Spirit. You know, today, if you're in this place today, I know people have got their hands raised. I wanna pray for you as you come around the front this morning and we're gonna sing a song. But I just feel this morning, again, there are people here and you need breakthrough today. Let me pray for you this morning. Let me pray, let this not be the greatest year of defeat, but let's pray that this will be the greatest year of breakthrough today. And today, if you say, I want prayer, I want someone just to come lay hands on me and pray for me this morning. And as we're singing today, why don't you just coming out of your seat, just come stand here. We're going to believe this morning that God is going to do something significant in your life today. Come on, I know there are people here today. And there have been things that you've been wrestling with. The Holy Spirit wants you to come. Come on, why don't you come? Even before the musicians are starting. Come on, Holy Spirit, we thank you today. We thank you. Come on, there are people here this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you in the name of Jesus. I want the pastors to come. We're going to pray for people this morning. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to come down for a few minutes. We'll sing in a minute. Father God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. Come on, church. Why don't you reach out to your hands to these wonderful people right now. Father God, we thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today, Father God, in the name of Jesus. God wants you to know today that you're not alone. You're not alone in this fight. You're not alone. Here's a fight. A bit of a fight at the moment. But God has said to you that you're not alone. You're not alone. There there is something you're going to learn in this fight. It's a learning season. It's not a season of defeat, but it's a learning season. Uh, I see an increase in you, an increase in your emotional capacity, an increase in your faith capacity. You'll be the same person on the outside, but inside there'll be an enlargement that's taking place. I see God stretching out the 10 pegs for you. There's a stretching out that the Holy Spirit is doing right now. And the stretching is painful. The stretching is actually horrible. I hate the stretching. It hasn't been a great season, but I see a stretching out that God is going to do in your life this season. Amen. Father God, anoint it today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In